Tom Elliott here. This is the Oh My Days Academy. And today we're talking honesty with Charlie Beswick. Now, more on that in just a moment. But let me tell you a little funny story from that happened this morning, actually, on my on my way to the office or the studio uh, to record uh, this episode of the podcast. Uh, I stopped off to get a coffee. Now, of course, during lockdown, my favorite coffee shop, whether rightly or wrongly, it's uh, one of the big commercials, uh, Costas, I'll say it, right? There are other coffee shops available, Starbucks and, and all that, and Independence, of course. Uh, and I'm fully cheerful of them, but I, my local coffee shop is a, is a Costas, and uh, I, do, I do like it. I'm not actually a big coffee drinker, you see. I don't really like coffee, but I, I did particularly, because I was traveling a lot, because I, my normal job outside of lockdown involves a lot of driving, uh, a lot of late night driving, actually. I, I kind of worked my way into liking coffee by, by enjoying a latte. And of course, when you're on the road late at night, the service stations normally have a Costas or Starbucks machine, right? And so I, I started having a Costas latte and it became a bit of a, a daily habit. I uh, quite enjoy working from a cafe uh, in terms of my creative work and, and admin. So I tend to spend most mornings in Costas. Obviously, it's closed at the moment. So I've had to, um, I've started going to the kind of car garage, uh, you know, where you fill up with petrol, garage, garage, uh, and they have a, a Costas machine. Anyway, I'd, I'd started doing that the last week or two, and, and I, I'd started to kind of vary the garage. So one, I'd go to one garage, and then I'd go to the other, and because I didn't want them to, you know, see just how often I was buying coffees. Anyway, this morning, uh, I arrived at one of the garages, and the lady behind the, the desk uh, looked at me, smiled, and went, you're here for another coffee? <laughs> and I... <laughs> and I laughed and I confessed uh, that I'd been switching garages to hide the secret. Uh, but it's true. I I can't get away from it. I just I just love it. But I need to get honest with myself that, you know, that is what it is. I, I enjoy my lattes and it kind of sets me for the day. Uh, it's not quite the same as working in the cafe, uh, but I do enjoy my Costa's latte. As I said, other products are available. Other brands are available. And I, do, and I of course, I do encourage you to support independents as well. Uh, but um, they, they don't tend to open at 11 o'clock at night on the road. So uh, that's why I am a, a bit of a Costa's man. But uh, listen, we've got a brilliant interview today. It's slightly more serious, I guess, but it's about being honest with ourselves. And we have uh, the brilliant Charlie Beswick, who shares uh, her own account of of this, uh, but also gives us some wisdom into how we can uh, be honest with ourselves uh, and therefore grow better in our mental health, uh, in our physical health, our vocational uh, way of uh, living uh, and what we do for a living, but also in general life as well. So here's my interview with the brilliant Charlie Beswick. I think honesty is something that everybody needs, but not everybody wants. Um, and so, you know, because it brings as much as it can be very freeing in many ways, it also does raise a few issues and challenges just in the nature of honest communication. So for me, one of the reasons why I speak about honesty so much now um, is because I wasn't honest. So sort of going back into 2005, I gave birth to my twin boys and I had a very typical pregnancy. And I found out um, on the day of my boy's birth that one had been born with a rare craniofacial condition. So he was born with essentially half a face um, uh, called golden half syndrome. And I had 
no idea about this at all. And it sent me into a real spiral of guilt and grief and loss um, and feeling that I'd failed everybody. And I kept that very much to myself. Uh, and that had a massive impact on my marriage, which broke down, my career, my own mental health. So I know from firsthand experience that, you know, not being honest is, is far more damaging than being honest in the right way. Absolutely. And I, and I guess one thing you've, you've already highlighted really is that honesty isn't necessarily about lying as such, but it can be the kind of holding back of information. Would you agree? Yes. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, I think honesty with ourselves is, is the most important place to start. Yeah. Um, and, and holding things back from ourselves and, and keeping ourselves in that place of denial can be very, very dangerous. So yes, certainly, um, you know, people confuse honesty with you know, not lying and things like that. So, yeah, I agree. Interesting. And do you, do you think many of us struggle with this? Do, is this a common problem we have in kind of the workplace? Because that's where you speak largely, but also in personal lives. Do you think that's an issue? Yes, 100%. 100%. I think, and I think there's a massive overlap between the workplace and home, to be fair. I don't think it's always very easy to separate the two. And I think we we lie to ourselves, or I don't call it a lie to ourselves, I call it a mistruth. Um, because whereas we are quite clear on the d- distinction between a lie and the truth, for me, a mistruth is a statement or self-talk that we engage in, that we tell ourselves in good faith. So a couple of examples from my own experience, um, one being that my husband blamed me for our son's disfigurement. So that was a mistruth that I told myself. Okay. And that then went on to have detrimental effects on, on me personally and on our marriage. And then professionally, you know, I was sort of saying, yes, I can spin all these plates. I can be a teacher. I can be a full-time mum. I can be a single parent. Um, I can push myself. I can be ahead of topic. I can, And I pushed myself career-wise to the point where I burnt out. Um, you know, in a worst-case scenario, burnout will lead to um, sort of, you know, people not being in um, employable and having mental health issues and even at best case it it leads to a lack of productivity engagement in the workplace um creativity all of those things that we need that keep our our souls alive you know so if we are if we are engaging in these mistruths and we're not being honest with ourselves then yes it absolutely has a massive impact both personally and professionally what do you think the the roots of of this are is is it always uh, I, I'm, I use the word I use the word carefully, but kind of crisis or or events or circumstances in our lives. Do you think it's it's those things that prompt this, or do, or, or do they come from other places as well? This kind of uh, self talk that isn't true. I think they come from a variety of sources. To be fair, and I think they are very much informed by our environment, by our culture, by the way we are parented. Um, and that's not to say that any of those things are to blame, but no. I think they are yeah. all part of who we are. I, I don't think it's, it's possible to separate things and just say, you know, this in isolation caused this response because, you know, we don't live in test tubes. We don't live in those um, vacuums. So it's it's down to a culmination of effects on us um, and the things that we tell ourselves that we then go on to see come true. So we have things like the self-fulfilling prophecy, um, I work a lot with children as part of my charity work, and I say to them, two of the most important words you will ever say in your life are "I am." 
because whatever you follow those words with wow, becomes your reality, becomes your truth. Yeah, great. Um, you know, uh, so yeah, I talk a lot about that. And, and what difference, just let's tap into that, what difference does it make for a child or, or any of us really when we start to see the significance of those words, I am? Oh yeah, absolutely huge. So we have a couple of psychological things that go on with this. So we have the self-fulfilling prophecy whereby if, let's say, um, an adult says, I'm terrible at my job, then they will lose motivation. They won't be as productive. They won't communicate in the same way. So they will they'll be seeing more examples of them not achieving their best within their role. And then we have another sort of aspect called confirmation bias, where we only ever look for the things that confirm what we are telling ourselves. So using the same example in the workplace, if somebody is pulled up because they've done a task wrong, they will, they'll jump on that, they'll hang on that, they'll ruminate on it. And they'll say, you see, that's, I'm right, I'm right, I'm terrible at my job. Whereas if somebody was to compliment them, they might think, well, they're just being nice. That They're always like that with people. Or they would be very dismissive of, of the compliments. Um, and so, yeah, we're looking for the things that always confirm our self-talk. That's really good, really good. Uh, tell us a bit about your your heart framework. This kind of, I think it probably links into this idea of self-talk because it's part of your uh, resilience training. Uh, tell us a bit about the heart framework. Yeah, very much so. So the heart framework is a five-step model, um, the heart being an acronym for all the aspects. Um, and it, it really came at the end of, well, not at the end of my journey because I'm still living the journey, but as part of me reflecting on my experience with my boys and the journey that I've been on and, and how I've grown as a person. Um, and I sat and wondered how I've been able to come through this. People often say, oh, you know, you're so resilient. And I thought, what do these words actually mean? And, and how have I changed? Because the change in me now from the, the broken woman I was in 2005 is enormous. And so the heart model was born out of that. And in the essence, it's about holding the thoughts and being aware of them and then evaluating them um, and finding the evidence so that the H is hold, the E is finding the evidence. Um, and I have a few steps I work, work people through to find those objective facts opposed to subjective statements and that sort of um, confirmation bias that we look at. Then we do a little bit of assessment on okay. whether those statements are true 100% of the time. And generally the answer is no. You know, it, it's not always true. Um, and then we reevaluate whether it's true or not, and then we take action. So, for example, if somebody's saying I'm terrible at my job, it might actually be the case that they are terrible at their job, you know, And but there are reasons for that and there are ways to combat that. So it might be that they need CPD training. It might be that they were never shown how to use systems. It might be that they're in a role that they're not comfortable in. So it's not a bad thing to find out that things like that are accurate as long as you can take appropriate action. Hey friends, I hope you're enjoying this week's episode. Can I encourage you to join the Insiders Club of the Oh My Days Academy today, where we help you to implement the wisdom shared with additional content, templates, book giveaways, and access to a secret communications channel. Now, it's a monthly subscription, but it is pay what you want. Friends, here's what some of our members said. Hi, I'm Alison, and I joined Insiders Club because I wanted a new perspective and something uplifting to listen to. Hey, I'm Jamie. Uh, I joined the Insiders Club uh, because I just want to live every day uh, with a purpose uh, according to what I've been called to do. I joined the Insiders Club 
because I wanted to dig a bit deeper and look at more practical ways that I could keep motivated and stay focused. Friends, join the Insiders Club today at ohmydaysacademy.co.uk. Charlie, you talk about the need for self-reflection. What does that look like for you on a daily basis? On a personal level, that's me getting into bed and thinking every evening, how's today gone? How could it have been better? What could I have improved on? Um, And asking those how questions opposed to why. Why was it a bad day or why was it a great day? You know, it's how could I have made it better? How did I actually make it a great day? So for me, self-reflection is is more about is less about questioning why, uh, because that just leads you sometimes down a bit of a rabbit hole, um, and more so about questioning what it was that you did that either made a difference or could have made it even better. And, and that ongoing reflection for me is really powerful. And I think it it allows people to detach a little bit from that intrinsic sort of self-examination, which can sometimes be quite dangerous and sometimes be quite um, aggressive with ourselves. Yeah. Uh, it just it allows us to step back and think, okay, if I was looking at this day from an outsider's view, what would I say went well? What were the things that made it go well? You know, and taking, accepting responsibility for the things that go well, uh, and that can be really challenging, particularly, particularly for workplaces. Um, you know, I think we're in a culture where it's very easy to, point fingers to assign blame and responsibility and we're not as quick to recognize praise and effort and so I think reflection is is massively key both on an individual level so that we know we're showing up and being the best version of ourselves and also on a professional level so that we can be working together in the best way that we can and and one of the things I say about leaders having bosses of both types in this description is that you know, a boss will have employees that do as they are told, but a leader will have followers that go above and beyond. Um, and I've been yeah. both an employee and I've been both a follower. And the difference is when you've got a leader that can self-reflect and do what is best for the benefit of everybody, not just them, it makes a massive difference. Charlie, a lot of this, the the drive behind all of what you do now is, is rooted, as you said at the beginning, in in the story of your your son. And, and you, yep. you started a charity, you founded a charity to support others uh, in the same position. Uh, tell us a bit about the charity and the work that you do. So More Than a Faith is my charity, and I go into schools, high school, colleges, educating people on facial disfigurement and visible difference. And giving some real practical skills and strategies on how to interact with people and, and deal with them on a very human level. Um, my son looks particularly different because he was only born with half a face. He's had extensive reconstruction, but he still lacks the symmetry that on a, on a neurological level, our brains are wired to find. And so people can be startled when they see Harry. Um, and the aim of the, of the charity for me is to leave a legacy of kindness, understanding, acceptance for the time when I'm not around and, and Harry's potentially a vulnerable adult in a society that judges people on what they look like. Mm. Um, and particularly, I think, teenagers. You know, we have Snapchat, we have Instagram, we have young children trying to live up to these airbrushed images. And so the message for them from me is that you are more than what your appearance, uh, you know, you're more than your appearance is. We're more than, than just our face. 
Great. Uh, Charlie, I really love how this is kind of ingrained within you. So it's almost like it just kind of spills out because it's part of your it's part of your life. It comes out of your your yeah. personal journey. And I love that. Uh, just final question. I asked this question of all my guests. Uh, what does it mean for you uh, to live life fully? Living life fully for me is living as much for other people as myself. Um, I think making a contribution to other people, knowing I've shown up and being the best friend, the best mum, the best partner, the best person that I can be without burning out uh, and taking care of myself. So self-care and also looking after others and offering as much value to others as I can because I think if we all did that, we'd live a much richer, healthier life. It's really good. And uh, Charlie, in the Insiders Club, you talk us through some steps to self-talk and so people can... Uh, go and find that there. But uh, Charlie, thanks ever so much for joining us today. It's been, thanks for being so kind of raw and honest around your story, but also the, the value and wisdom you've shared. Uh, thanks for coming on, Charlie. Thanks, Tom. My pleasure. Well, that was the brilliant Charlie Beswick talking about self-talk and honesty with ourselves. Uh, you'll, you'll have heard that Charlie referred to her story, uh, the story of her having her son. Uh, and you can read more about that by buying her book. It's called Our Altered Life, A Mother's Heartbreak and the Boys Who Saved Her. You can get that from Amazon. Uh, I've put it in the Amazon store for the podcast. So if you head to amazon.co.uk forward slash shop, forward slash Tom Elliott UK. Elliot's got two L's, two T's in it. Uh, you can get that book and read more into the moving story, the moving account of Charlie Beswick uh, and her son. So uh, do go and buy the book if you fancy something to read. Uh, otherwise, make sure you join the Insiders Club uh, where Charlie shares more uh, about honesty and self-talk uh, five in, in five steps. Uh, and so make sure you head there and check that out. But meanwhile, friends, have a really good week and I shall see you soon.